the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 60, and our guest is Michael McDermott. McDermott has lived quite the creative life. He was signed to a record deal as a very young man. In the very early 90s, Brian Koppelman actually signed him to his first deal and uh, produced his first record, or co-produced it at least, the great Stephen King is a fan of McDermott's and has even included his lyrics in a couple of King's novels. His discography is full of incredible records, but the last few, Willow Springs, Out From Under, Orphans, and the upcoming What in the World are perhaps his best work. What in the World will be released on June 5th, 2020. It is one of the best records of the year and one of the best I've heard in a long time. Michael and I caught up by phone about a month into ish into the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, I set out really to talk about the new record and process, but um, given the circumstances and just how we were feeling at the time, we laughed and talked sports and generally just had a blast. Maybe we'll get a chance to go deep on process the next time he gets to Florida. In the meantime, this was so much fun, and it is such an honor to present my conversation with Michael
Hey, Michael. Dave, how are you? I'm so sorry about that, man. It's all good, brother. Are you sure uh, yeah. now's a good time? It is. My, my daughter was in my studio Zooming with a friend, and, you know, so I hated it, inter- and they hadn't talked to each other in years. So anyway, so, this, so I finally said, well, you got to go. I got to do this. So anyway, yeah, all good. That's great. That's, I love that priority. That's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, support that I mean, priority for what it's worth. Oh, no. <laughs> that's good. Man, this How you is, doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Everything's, um, you know, I mean, I obviously we were we're all on edge in certain ways, but I think um, I'm just so damn fortunate. Like, I just, you know, have I I've got a paycheck and I've got good. you know internet and books yep, and I my guitar. You know, I just like I got yeah. the person I love and my dog. I I just feel lucky. Yeah, I mean, you know, and people said, how you doing, Michael? I, you know, it's not that different for me. You know, it, it's unfortunate. Obviously, the most vulnerable among us are going through an incredibly difficult time. And I don't mean to make light of that in any way. But but really, it's yeah. So I, I'm actually it seems like I'm reading more, which is great. Uh, you know, like doing all these kind of weird experimental things, you know, trying to somehow learn something or whatever and uh, reading and writing and watching. Document- I mean, so it's like, eh. Life's pretty much the same for me, really. I mean, I was pretty isolated anyway, so this is no big transition for me. Yeah, I think that's, you know, the one thing I have had trouble with is um, I have had trouble focusing on reading for whatever reason. Like, I'm I'm picking at things, but I'm having trouble focusing. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Um, But what? Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. No, it's uh, yeah, me, me too. In some ways, and it's uh, yeah, we're trying to. You're you're feeling it out, you know. It's like right. it's this really interesting kind of like pause button, you know. Like wow, we could just hold everything, like yeah. literally, and like <laughs> now, 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 before you go back into the world, how are you going to try to make yourself better? How are you going to try to be any different? Are you going to better yourself in any way? Are you going to think differently? Are you going to have more compassion? Are you going to have more gratitude? You whatever, you know. So it's like that's what I think we're all trying to wow, this is a really amazing opportunity if we look at it that way. Well, you, you kind of asked that rhetorically, but I, I might want to turn it back on you. So what like what are you learning? Well, so you, besides just you know having more time to read and, and less time to go out. So I've, I've, I've done, I'm trying these breathing, this breathing routine I do now, which yeah. is weird. And it's, you know, it gets you kind of lightheaded. I'm doing some breathing work. That's what I do every day. Also, the one weird thing I'm doing, it, it, which I kind of love now, because I'm a bit of a masochist anyway, I start the day with a freezing cold shower. And, uh, and I could go about I'm trying to work up to a minute. And uh, but you, there's a lot of screaming and like primal voice, primal voices come on, emanate from my body like, ah! Ah! Lot of that so the, the cat has gotten used to that and uh so yeah and anyway so it's just so it's supposed to reduce stress and uh, you know and also it kind of connects you like with this like we used to live as a species like under really incredibly difficult conditions and and we just don't use those kind of muscles and so it's it's been interesting because i think it's almost like the old caveman language comes out of my body oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh so it's <laughs> So and it's supposed to do, I don't know what it's like it's supposed to do. It's really just a test of will at this point for me, but it's supposed to help your immune system and uh, I don't know what else really. But uh, it's it's fun and I you know it's kind of a it's almost like it's a it's a you know of course I don't want to do it, 
so I have to a little talk with myself that it's, you know, like, okay, we're doing this. We're going in, we're going in. And then, you know, you kind of psych yourself up and then, you know, just stand there naked and then turn that thing on and, ah! <laughs> So that's uh, that's how I'm bettering myself. I don't think that's going to have any effect in, as any ripple effect in society at all, except maybe I'll have more patience. Yeah, well, you might, for... you might start some sort of revolution with the inevitable <laughs> song that you put on the next record about taking a cold shower first thing in the morning. Right. I know. Maybe. I don't know. It's funny. I know it's I know it's kind of loony, but uh, it's kind of it's been interesting, and I. I think I kind of, I mean, it's better than a cup of coffee, I got to say, too, because it fucking wakes you up like nobody's business. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, I'm ready to face the day. Well, that's an interesting thing, too, the the ritual aspect of it. My schedule changed a little bit, so, but for the better. It's like, I am more in sync with my partner Chris's schedule, so I can stay up with her, and the dog loves it, because it's like... Yeah. You know, we don't have any kids, but we have a puppy. And so the, the dog loves it because it's more time with us. Plus our yep. personal routine is better for her. It just yeah. flows better. And it's like, I, I honestly, every again, so fortunate to have the creature comforts taken care of and to not have to stress about paying yeah. my bills and absolutely. stuff, you know, but yeah, like, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's reprioritizing, you know, Jason has all had a, a tweet about like, there's going to be a lot or watch the divorce rate of people of, of people, musicians that are together that have never toured together, you yeah, know, who spent that. like incredible amounts of time. And, and that's true. You know, and I, and I know that a lot of my friends that, you know, whatever they're salesmen or whatever, they're out of the house all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're confronted with, you know, the wife that they've been married to, whatever, 30 years or whatever. Now they, they got to get to know each other again, I think, and in a very mm-hmm. different way, which I think is going to be ultimately good, but, you know, it might, it might end up in, you know, disaster too. Well, yeah, that is really interesting. And I, um, uh, it's just, I think it, it sort of underscores the work that we need to do on ourselves anyway. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, absolutely. you know, I, yesterday, uh, had a like virtual therapy session with my therapist and I hadn't, Oh good. Yeah, it was great, man. And I hadn't seen her since before quarantine. And then we were supposed to, we were supposed to have a session like that week, basically, that everything shut down in Florida. And uh, and so then she went virtual. And actually, I had canceled. That's what it was. I canceled like two days before quarantine happened. You know, uh, yeah. it's just and so then we had to finally, you know, it's been a month and I don't usually go a month. I, I try to do that work yeah. every, every, all the time. And every two weeks I meet with her and make sure I'm keeping Good. my shit together, you know. And yep. so it, those kinds of things, I mean, that's a kind of a, a stronger example, but like the, just the, the things that I need to be better about not spending as yep. much money, you know, not like, yeah, not beating myself up if I don't write the next great novel tomorrow, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So somebody asked me today, uh, you, uh, are you able to write with the, you know, like everybody around all the time? I said, well, I write every day, you know, like that's not non-negotiable for me. So I do that anyway. So that hasn't changed. I don't know if it's any, I mean, I haven't been in some kind of writing swing really. It feels a little, uh, uh, feels, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it has much of a zing in the last mm. couple of weeks for whatever reason. You know, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't know what that, what that could be, but yeah, as far as the, the work on the self, and, you know, there's been I've been looking into AA meetings and I'm trying to because I've heard there's a, there's an online version. It's not that I'm 
freaking out at all, but, uh, mm. you know, just to get reconnected, you know? And, right. uh, but yeah, it's just a reprioritization about things like, you know, cause honestly, man, and I, and I gotta hate to sound, this might come off sounding terribly bad, but you know, like, I don't want, like, I don't want to go back. Like you said, you have the woman you love, mm-hmm. you have your dog. We, you know, I have the woman I love, you know, everything's okay. We're both able to make some money. And another thing, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but no, uh, I love it. But yeah, so like in regular life, my bank account always—it's like it's a—it's like it's a boat that is sinking at all times. Yes, you know, sir. It's constantly taking in water. So I look at my little Chase app. I don't know obsessively. I—I I was always in a growing up in a very vulnerable financial situation with my father. He was kind of a, you know, just, you know, he was just terrible at managing money. We almost lost our house growing up. And those things, you know, really, they program you. So money is a a constant concern of mine. So anyway, I look, in regular life, I would just see that thing every fucking day. I swear we wouldn't go out and it would just drop by, you know, the hundreds of dollars. Like, how did, what did you spend on it? You know, so it was a constant fight. And, uh, but now it's like, there's this, it's towed the line. Like, it's just like, oh, it's the same as it was yesterday. That's awesome. Like that never happened. Dude, it has. I love that. Yes. I a hundred percent relate. And it, 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 I have no question. This is fundamentally changing the way that I think about my finances and my spending habits. And you know, the cool thing about it is that. You know, with everybody uh, doing virtual tip jars and playing, you know, all my yeah. all my favorite musicians playing online, I don't think twice about dropping five or ten bucks in that tip jar because of what you were just saying. So it's like I'm still yeah. I'm not spending nearly as much money, but the money I am spending, I feel super fulfilled because I feel like I'm helping somebody whose right. art I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'm throwing some money around too because it feels like there's a there's you know, the boat's not taken in water somehow. And that's nice. And then once you feel on not so vulnerable, then it's, you're willing to share and like, you know, and that's, that's an interesting feeling too, to not go, Oh, I'd love to give him five bucks and shit, man. Like, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been very, it's been very interesting and really like, so we, we, they want to reopen the economy. Go ahead. I'm not going back for a while. (laughs) You know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you guys go at it. Yeah. Knock yourself out. The people at the the, the capital in Lansing, Michigan. You, uh, you, you guys start a bowling league. I don't really give a fuck. So, um, so yeah. But go for it. Knock yourself out. I say. But you know, Doctor Oz talking about like we should. Oh, did you see geez. this clip going around? Yeah. I mean, you know, like 1.1 million kids. Like that eh, might be a chance. Somebody like really. I mean, is that what it's come to? It's all about the commodification of everybody and like and like what we were just talking about. Like we've. I think we've had a paradigm shift of how we are as consumers like mm. i don't like being that other guy right like i'm not just going to go to target and so, so, i don't even know what we fucking spend at target but right. like seems it's always 127 dollars for whatever reason and right. you walk out of there with like i don't know what was what did we just buy you yeah. know um or like at the drop of a hat because i love going out to dinner and like how yeah, me too. how easily i'll tell myself hey you've been working hard <laughs> all week dude you deserve exactly. to go to, you know, get you a pizza. And, you right, know, I like, right. Pizza's been a, been a challenge for me. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, that's the only thing I kind of like. Pizza and watching baseball. I mean, like well, oh, yeah, I want to get into that, too, because I do want to talk sports. Okay. I do, I do want to talk about your record, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't. <laughs> we don't have to if you don't want to. Well, we can talk about it a little bit. Um, but I do want to talk sports for sure. I want to talk yeah. um, because, in fact, maybe we could just do that first and then see where it takes yeah. us. Um, cool. Because I'm starved for that kind of conversation. And um, yes. I'm starved. Obviously, we're all st- those of us who are sports fans are starved for for consuming sports, but also just like I, I find myself and uh, sorry to my Twitter followers who follow me for music or or the podcast or whatever. But I'm like entering every single who's the greatest running back of all time tweet contest. You know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> right, making my right. top five list every time I see one because I'm just starving <laughs> for that conversation. Right. Totally. Totally sitting around at the pub with the boys. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It, and, and here in Chicago, what they've been doing, which is just like, it's, it's pornographic really is doing the bulls, the bulls playoff run in 96, <laughs> you know, Jordan's first year back. Like, and it's just like, and my wife will be like, are you seriously? And it, cause I'll be still yelling at Luke Longley and, uh, yeah. you know, Tony Kukoc is boneheaded play, you know, but yeah. it's, uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. It's really like, it, but, and then I, today, just i was on, on my phone like it's like a shackle of being a slave now you know it's just like in my hand constantly they may as well put an iron shackle around my wrist <laughs> but um but i uh but they had carrie wood's 20 strikeout game oh, you know, wow. back in 19 whatever so i watched I, I just caught the ninth inning which was great but like yeah those weird things man like and you know i feel you know and my wife even said why are you why are you watching you know how this is turning out and I said to her, and I thought it, well, I said, I didn't say it right away, but I thought about it. Like, why am I? It's like, so, but I was like, it's the last time the good guys won for me, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it just means like we've been on a run since the Cubs won the World Series, but it's been a, like four years of just like douchebags winning at all times. Yeah. You know? So like, this is kind of like that rekindling of that idea that, you know, the guys I like will, will prevail you, know? you, you talked about being a masochist i i did like one of the stupidest things i've done in a while i think um which i guess says that i'm making pretty good choices all around but <laughs> that i watched the highlights from the 2017 afc championship i'm a huge jaguars fan and it was the jaguars uh, yes. and, and patriots and it was, there were like, Ooh, these yeah. four terrible calls that went against the jags and <laughs> It's like, yeah. just like the, clearly the NFL being like, nah, we can't have Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah uh, I, you know, know, but it, but treat yourself better. You're better than that. Thank you. This is yeah. great. A therapy session yesterday, a therapy session today. <laughs> All um, right. And so we're coming out better. But what is it about? Um, I, I find it interesting that it seems as though they're baseball specifically that there, and I, I love this conversation with songwriters, is that there's something about baseball that appeals to songwriters specifically. Whereas mm. those other sports we were just talking about, not always. Some of them like football, yeah. some don't. Some like basketball, some don't. Right. Something, what do you think it is? Or do you have any sense of what it is about baseball that attracts a songwriter? I don't know. Maybe the, the languid nature of the process of baseball uh, mm. because, it's, you know, the because it's, uh yeah i don't know i don't know but you know and i don't know if that's the same way for english songwriters do they like cricket i mean that's an right, extreme right. example from but i don't know i i think you know for me basketball seemed like i mean watching jordan specifically it was very poetic to me yeah. and and that made sense like that on a intellectual level even made sense you know um just in but uh the baseball i don't know is is it uh you know because it's such a 
I mean, is there a guy that doesn't cry when at the end of Field of Dreams when Kevin Costner says, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Right. You right. know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's a, it's almost more of a gender-specific thing. I don't know if it's that's, – I can't think of why it would be uh, resonant to me as a songwriter. But, uh, yeah, just I, – I don't know. I don't well, know. It's a very co- great question. Great. Yeah. Well, I wonder about this, though. Like, if – I've always thought of baseball in the terms of it being – a game that is a collection of individuals. So you're, yeah, you're on a team, but your your task is so isolated versus mm. the other games where you're so dependent on everybody else um, interacting with them. I should say, whereas in baseball, right. you know, so often you are the sole, like all the weight of the team is on your shoulders for at least that moment, and that doesn't happen right. as much with the other games. And I wonder if there's like a almost a solitude kind of thing with songwriters whereas songwriters of course appreciate community and want to um generally speaking want to be good citizens and that kind of thing um and to share their art still songwriting is so often more often than not is a a kind of solitary process yeah that's amazing actually and and it, it made me think of uh the uh uh robert de niro's al capone in the untouchables going you know baseball Baseball, you know, uh, what are you out in the field? You are part of a team, but at the plate, you are one man. Like, and yes, yeah. it's almost like a band kind of thing. You're the singer of the band. You, you like the c- connected and the communion of the other people, but like yet you're, you know, at the plate and uh, this is your moment, you know. So there is kind of a, kind of a structurally a similar thing. And you, the way you put it made me think that, yeah, that, that does make sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think baseball's my favorite game, but. Um, basketball is like right behind it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, I like sports in general, but those two, uh, and, and I think part of that, it was that also that I was better at those than the others. Yeah. yeah. You know, naturally yeah. they just sort of yeah. make sense to me for whatever reason. Yeah. Never um, played football and I like football. Okay. But yeah. Not yeah. yeah. There's just something, yeah. I don't know. And, and then, so nostalgia probably plays a role in that too. And I don't know if that translates over to the creative part, um, or not, but maybe, yeah, I, I and I don't know, and I, you know, I remember the first time walking into Wrigley Field and was with mm-hmm. my dad. You know, so like that is that that thing. You know, like there's that generational uh, bond that I think for me at least that is because you know when you think about it, it is a very long, tedious game, and yeah. you know, us as a species like fast, exciting things really generally. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it is interesting. It's almost a bit counterintuitive that that baseball is because uh, you know, I mean, baseball as a sport was languishing for a long time before mm-hmm. the Maguire Sosa home run thing when they juiced everything, including yeah. the players, you know, but yeah, it was languishing and, uh, and because it, because it is a tough sell, but now it's, uh, I think, it's, you know, I don't know what it might, why the comeback necessarily, but uh, well, it is I, interesting. Yeah. I think it, it shouldn't be a tough sell. I think a lot of times it, like football, for example, moves way slower than baseball. Really, I mean, you've got a play and then it's over, and then you got to rest for another minute. And yeah. then there's a play and then it's over, and you right. rest for another minute. You know, but yeah. it doesn't have that reputation because I feel like the, the big football leagues do so much better at marketing that back. Circle back to the consumer, marketing that yeah. to the consumer. Absolutely. And I feel that way about football. I'm quite bored with football. And I remember when they would go to England, I'd always, and then I'd kind of keep an eye on those because I have so many friends over there. I'd be like, how does, and I you'd try to look at it from their perspective and through their optics. And I would think, 
they, that's a really dull game. And it was always like those low scoring, very dull games anyway, when they play in London. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, to me, it's, uh, it's very, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I think it's the gladiator element of it that people, you know, oh, man, you know, yeah, but, uh, but, but you're right. It's all marketing. I mean, the, that the fact that they don't pay taxes is incredible. It's incredible oh, know? it's unbelievable. Still, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, oh, that's, they have their own day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they, they have it. They're allowed to have a monopoly. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, you know, the other thing I was just thinking about that I don't, I don't really consider it this way, but with the baseball thing and the creative creativity is, uh, especially for writers, baseball is, has such like, a, 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 a there's a whole lexicon around it. You know, so like there's, yes. there's sure you've got that in any sport or in really in any avenue of life, I guess. But baseball, it seems, it has more unique kind of like yeah. colloquialism, vernacular, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, vernacular, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, and and again, I think it is the, uh, it's meditative in some way. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is very, you know, it's a, it's a, it's got its own rhythm too. You know, mm. it's uh it's it you know um for it for a cub fan in chicago it you know there was a weird thing you know in the 90s especially where Wrigley wasn't really you do, wouldn't go to watch baseball i mean i would but it was basically a party you know you just go mm-hmm. to get loaded you know and uh so yeah it, it was uh it wasn't necessarily an art form then for a lot of those a lot of those years but uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I think your observations are spot on. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it really in those terms, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Is, is, um, like has, how much has, I'm sure everything has changed since you got sober, but how much has consuming sports changed? Um, well, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I reprioritize things a lot, you know, um, and, um, you know, it's not, I'm a, I'm a passionate uh, sports watcher. So obviously it, it triggers me a bit. And, you know, so much of watching the Bulls was around, you know, booze and drugs for me right. too. You know, you'd always be, we'd all commute, you know, everybody get together. I remember in Jordan's last against Utah in 98 for that game, I, this bar that I would always watch, I had a picture of Jack and Coke. I didn't want a glass cause it would just, I knew it was going to be a, quite a game so they literally and they knew me there they made me a picture i had wow. a whole picture <laughs> yeah and so it was just a you know and that was just i mean that wasn't even that big of a deal it was just so it saved me from going back to the bar but um but yeah so i think i've i've kind of uh i've been more moderate in terms of my consumption of it just because you know i try to keep even keel and you know but frankly i haven't been uh that the cubs thing was amazing and i was sober a couple of years then and yeah no it was good it was all good i wasn't you know wasn't on edge or anything i'm not terribly on edge in game seven but um but the world was great you know for i think three days and then trump got elected and then everything i was like yeah that makes sense you know like god would only give me that much happiness <laughs> you know like oh hey i got good news cubs are gonna win the world series oh you gotta be kidding yeah you only got that for a couple of days though and then the world's gonna be upside down yeah, then there's oh, a racist okay. demagogue that's gonna be running incompetent racist <laughs> right. demagogue wait yeah wait what wait so we only get the cubs like the world being a, a utopian place for two days yeah it was three days or something i don't know yeah and i watched it in the same room it was funny and i remember in the crazy. very same room where i watched the cubs win i remember like it was like i don't know what the electoral was it was like 33 to 6 or whatever 
And I said to my wife, I'm like, even in any sport, that's a big lead. Like it was er- that's early. It's early. But I'm like, that's still bad. Yeah. Or whatever it was. It was like, I don't think this is not looking good. That's early. You know, when Florida comes in, when Florida comes in, when Florida comes in or whatever. Oh, you know? buddy, I could have told oh, you really? what was going to happen in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I got, <laughs> yeah, I got neighbors. No, I know. But, but that's what they kept saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I know. And uh, but that's what they when Florida comes in, then yeah, anyway, let's not relive that. But no, um, yeah. So my consumption, uh, I think, not not too terribly different. I don't think. I, I think I watch less though. I mean, just just because uh, you know, I'm just you know, I try not to get too in too caught up in those things. And, yeah, well, too. I like I the point you made is a great one. Uh, just for life in general. I mean, the yeah, not not trying to get not trying to. I think you said maintain balance is what you're what you're seeking, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that's what your breathing yeah. is about, and that's what taking your cold shower is about. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get I get very caught up, and I'm an, I'm obsessive, you know? right? And so I think you know, and uh, so yeah, so it's probably, it's probably best I keep even keel about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we were just talking about uh, Trump, and I don't want to dwell on him at all. But um, yeah, the but I do. There's a lyric in "What in the World," and I, this is the first record in a long time that because you know I get I get these records from publicists and stuff, right? And so right. Uh, I, I if it's personally addressed to me, I always listen at least once. If it's not, I try. Because I like music, so hey, I'll try yeah. to consume as much as possible. This is the first record in a long time, whether a publicist sent it to me or I bought it or whatever, that I just sat and just like had a cup of coffee or two and listened to the entire record and, oh, wrote, wow. and wrote down my thoughts just sitting there. Oh, you my know God. what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, thank you. That's, that's great. It's just so wonderful, man. And and there's a, the thing that made me th- uh, think about – uh, the Trump thing that triggered me there was the in in the title track. What in the world? There's a, a whole. It's a it's a wonderful list song. I love a list song. And there's like <laughs> uh, uh, right back to back. You list stop and frisk and socialist. And I just yeah. thought that was like I, I'm assuming that word choice back to back rhymed like that is intentional. But like for me, when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, so you got this one evil thing, stop and frisk objectively evil thing and then you've got this other thing that is consistently slanted as evil but is neither inherently good nor bad right right it's the vilification of that word too and and it's funny when uh and that was before you know i'd already recorded it when like bloomberg got into the uh into the race which is so funny that stop and frisk became like a thing Yeah, yeah right i was like hey because, like, my first record came out, I think, the same week Nirvana's record came out. Like, you know, so I made my timing's always been terrible. You know, like like an Americana record before the the word was Americana. But, like, you know, this, like, fucking mulleted, folksy, harmonica guy coming out in 1991, the week that Nirvana came out. It was just bad timing. It'd be like releasing a movie the same week as Titanic, you know, yeah. or something. So it was... Uh, so yeah, so I was like, yeah, maybe the timing is gonna be finally good, you know, for once in my life, the timing will be good. But you know, I'll gladly stop playing that song in November if like there's really no reason to. I mean, I, you know, so uh, it's uh, and it wasn't. I didn't sit down to write anything like that because you know, I kind of, I, I don't know if I. It seems in, you know, inauthentic in some ways to try, you know, to try to write something political because you know, quite frankly, I don't know anything about 
about anything. You know, it's like, mm. uh, you know, if anything, the, the politics of my behavior or the politics of my emotional stability, like I know those things, but I don't, mm. you know, I don't feel versed enough to talk, you know, uh, intelligently about, you know, real politics in the, in the, and getting the weeds of there. So it was just really just kind of a, uh, yeah, like a list. It was just a, uh, a stream of, you know, my writing session. I just kind of had all these things that I had that kind of seemed like they went together and then it just kind of built from there. And then I, I had the verses for kind of a while before I had something to tie it in because then I thought, so what? You know, like, and uh, so I just kind of left it on the side of the road and, and every once in a while I'll go back and try to put something to glue it together and nothing ever seemed to work. And then finally I had the hey, hey thing, you know, and I thought, oh, that'll work. So that was it. I want to challenge you a little bit on what you said, and I don't know necessarily the depth of your political knowledge or your understanding of policy or anything like that, but I would challenge you in this way to say that you clearly have a lot to say and you say it very eloquently, and so if something matters to you, um, it is helpful for folks to hear it through your lens. So I'm glad. I'm certainly glad that you went went with it on that particular song, and I might you know, if I may encourage you just to, yeah, to do more of that. Yeah. Well, I just, I, you know, cause I feel, you know, and people have had a very uh, visceral reaction to that song. And it's funny, you know, like some places you play it when I go, the president's a criminal. Like I was in Florida, in fact, in, uh, mm. at the 30A festival and there oh, yeah. 700 people there. And like, and dude, I wasn't even sure. Cause you know, there's people with money there and, and, uh, I thought, you know, the tickets are crazy expensive. And I thought, oh, boy, you know, this is probably not going to go over well. So I always like to start with that song to weed out the week. And uh, mm. so <laughs> I got up and just started doing it. And that, that when I hit the president's criminal place, just, it was like the who. It was like people just got <laughs> off their seats and throwing their hands in the air. And it was a folk show. You know, I couldn't believe it. I'd never experienced anything like that as a performer. And, wow. Uh, so I love that, and uh, but yeah, of course I have my my opinions, but I but I do get a lot of people going, you know, really kicking back on that, and uh, and I it, you know, and without getting too into it, but I know that uh, you know Trump is is a symbol of of a lot of things that are wrong, that we, a lot of things that we let happen, uh, you know, and it's uh, he was the guy we deserved at that moment, you know, in some ways, and so you know he there is a. Trump derangement syndrome, which I suffer from, I know, but there, you know, he's the worst guy in the, you know, like we got the worst guy. Like, yeah. and like, I, and I lived in New York and I knew, I knew Donald, I mean, I didn't know him personally, but Trump was, you know, he's just a bad dude, you know, like, I mean, so, you know, so it, it wasn't surprising like that he would behave in such a way and in, in such a manner. But, uh, but, you know, I, people get very, you know, and I, not that I don't want to offend anybody, but I, I don't unnecessarily want to. I mean, I just have very different opinions and I understand why he was their guy. Why, why he's their guy now. I don't understand, right. but I get why he was their guy then. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on who you're talking about. When you're talking about their, you know, their guy, I, yeah, I think living guy. in, you know, living in Florida, um, uh, I, I do think there are more like, uh, like Isabel says, there's more, uh, there can't be more of them than us. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, do, well, I do think it's pretty split. And in Florida, sometimes yeah. it feels like it's not. It feels like everybody is a Trump supporter. Um, but I also live in Orlando, which is like a liberal oasis. And right. so right. that's a little bit different. But my, my folks live an hour and a half north of me in Marion County. And that is Trump country, buddy. 
Like I, yeah. I don't know what the numbers were, but seventy-five or eighty percent he'll carry the next Ooh. election, like something crazy. And that's true of so uh, many counties here. Like he's gonna he's gonna win yeah. Florida big, and I know that because yeah. I see it yeah. every day. You know, and yeah. even in my little liberal mm-hmm. bubble, you know, my little oasis, um, I I know that that's true. Uh, so I, I think it depends on who they are. You know, because I think a lot of folks. Um, it's, it's disheartening, but it's true. A lot of folks hear him saying the things that he says and they're like, hell yeah, brown people suck. You know, like that's real, right. you know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like in that thing in Michigan, like, you know, they were out, uh, you know, we want to work and, you know, which in theory that makes sense. Oh, sure. I, people upset their, but you know, then they had the Confederate flags and all that. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. now you, just, you know, now I was, I was willing to give you a second of my mind, but now you love it. Yeah, it's like what you you need uh, wages so you can move to Dixie. Like what are right. you? <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> that was oh, awesome. uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's uh, but yeah. So I, I worry about that. I mean, I, I we were out went out for a walk the other day, and I didn't know this. And you know, we're in, I was just outside of Chicago, and uh, you know, Pritzker I think is awesome. You know, I mean, he's a billionaire, but boy, he's been amazing, and he's you know. You know, he's arranging secret flights to China to bring masks. And I mean, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what, how a billionaire could actually help and do his, you know, do his own thing. It can't be bought all that, that, that false narrative. But anyway, uh, but yeah, right down the street, we were walking and there we saw, you know, came up on this house and a huge Trump 2020 flag. Like if it was a Cub flag, I would have said, dude, come on. That's an obnoxiously big flag. <laughs> For even a Cub fan. But, like, it was a Trump. I mean, like, it was just so big and grotesque. It was just, you know, it was perfectly, like, you know, of course, you wouldn't just make a normal-sized flag. You had to make the most obnoxiously big flag. So, anyway, but, I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, you know, it's like, like invasions of the body snatchers. But, but yeah, I mean, I, and I just don't get it now. I yeah. get why they were frustrated, felt ignored. I get all that. But uh, but now, I, I what? so the kids in the cages, what, it, you yeah. know. And, and just he's just a bad he's not a smart guy you know he's right. been given a you know and and you know but this goes back to like i and because you know in therapy and we we know this and you know about how we were raised you know a lot of childhood trauma you know and uh he was a kid that was from trauma and and i would feel empathy for him if he wasn't so dangerous you know if he had any kind of like uh he was curious about learning about how he is and why he behaves the way he does. He doesn't, but if he was working on himself in some ways, I would feel for him because, you know, I, I don't know how his father seemed like he would brutalize him. The brother drank himself to death. The mom seemed uh, absent and didn't show him love, you know, and I, and that's those, those are terrible things for a young boy. And, you know, he's made fun of cause he couldn't read well. And so right. I, there's all, all those things that make me go, Oh man, I, I, you know, I just feel so, you know, I, I have empathy and I awesome. feel for him, Yeah. you know, but, but he's a bad, he's just like, but he doesn't, you know, but at what point, what, how's the balance? Do you, do you try to give love or at least well wishes for somebody that just doesn't, you know, doesn't try in some ways and doesn't care about humanity and doesn't have empathy and he's, you know, a malignant narcissist and like, you know. Well, that's the hard question. Uh, that goes all the way back to if we think even second primary and secondary education and how we approach mental health and what we do for kids uh, who, because we all go through something, right? We, we all have our yeah, shit. Absolutely. Everybody. Yep. I mean, I'm, I had wonderful parents. Wonderful. They yeah. were so mm-hmm. loving and I'm so grateful. But, um, but I also through therapy have realized that a lot of the shit I learned in the church really fucked me up. Ooh. 
Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And I know you can relate, right? You were you yeah. had your own little <laughs> like, spiritual oh, journey, yeah. right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That fucked me up good. And it's it's yeah, a absolutely. recent revelation for me, dude. It was because I have this terrible fear of death, and uh, that's yeah. where my anxiety comes from. So I'm not like a nervous person. I'm a pretty laid back, right. really. But then I'll just have a panic attack out of nowhere because I'm freaking out about eternity. Um, right. Yes. You know, and so that that's and where. So it how manifests. does that relate to 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 your spiritual upbringing? Like, how did they they instill that that fear of damnation, or, or yeah. how did they contribute to that? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good question, and I'm kind of working through it. So that'd be, it's kind of nice to talk through it. Um, is that it was? It's a Southern Baptist church that I grew up in. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so the idea was that. Uh, there was the dichotomy between heaven and hell. There was no in-between. Yep. And either way, it was for eternity. So if you make this one decision to accept Jesus as your yeah. Savior, then you get to go to heaven. This is your, your payoff. You get to go to heaven forever. <laughs> and if, forever. And yeah, if you <laughs> don't, then you get to burn, literally burn in burn. hell forever. Ever, ever, and both of those are fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, very gr- gr- grotesque with their detail of like, you know, those are very a lot, you know, heavy words. Burning forever, you know, pain just forever uh, yeah. at all. Yeah, you know, and I think right now, I'm, what my my therapist had me do is she's like, you got to figure out because because you know, if you really ask me, all right, what what do you really think about spirituality? What do you really think about God? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I wish yeah. I knew. Mother Teresa didn't know. She was on her deathbed. She was like, I don't know. I don't know. She and like, she I, gave her, she gave her life to the lepers and she had her on her deathbed. was like, I don't fucking know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. So, but, to, but she, it seems was okay with that. Right. She seems okay with that unknown. Like, are you okay with that know. unknown? <laughs> I, I tell myself I am, you know, that I don't know. And and I, it's funny because when I got sober, uh, and, and even in the, the process of recovery, the, you know, the, the word God is bandied about a lot. And, and I had real issues with that, you know, because I was like, I don't, you know, like, but they say, you know, God as you know him, you know, like not a guy with a white beard, but just, you know, what it could be a tree, could be the infinite, infinite, timelessness of the vast sky whatever you know so that's whatever your god is but yeah so it was hard for me and i but a lot of people get even deeper into religion like the dogma of religion when they get sober i didn't i got the other mm. i went the other way because mm. it seems like just like people trade the one so then they go from you know alcohol addiction or drug addiction to sexual addiction to gambling you know so they just kind of like tr- it's a trade-in like oh, i'm going to trade in my booze card and i'm going to become a sex i'm gonna watch porn 17 hours a day right. or whatever so like and people do that with god too and that that always rubbed me wrong so i had to convince myself i had to give up a lot of those things man i was very deep in it and i mean i was really really deep and um i was telling my wife on good friday i said this was a huge day for me you know mm-hmm. uh you know this was a bear like i would you know i would it would be emotionally like guttural for me good friday you know and now mm. it's just like oh it's nice you know but like but it was very heavy for me and so i tell myself it's okay 
Because it always seemed like transactional on some level. Like, I'm going to be a good person because I'm going to get rewarded. Ah, fuck that. Like, just be a good person if you want to be a good person. If you don't, don't. And, you know, right. there's a theory like nothing in life is good or bad. Nothing is. It's just what we assign those things. You know, we assign this act or this, uh, what happened, we assign that was terrible. Well, then it's terrible. It's not really terrible. You could look at it in another way. Yeah. You know, uh, it's some kind of like, I guess, I don't know if it's emotional gymnastics or whatever. You try to take <laughs> bad experiences and turn them into like, hey, you know, actually, you think about the plague. It's not so bad. I'm getting a lot of work done. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you can do that all day long. But, you know, so I am okay not knowing. And if there is, you know, because I mean, if, if we, you know, you could go into like that whole wormhole of like, God, if, if there is a heaven and everything's great and you make every jump shot you take, God damn, wouldn't that be boring? Boring. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like how long would that be fun? You get to sleep with any girl you want. Really? Right. Right. No chase? You know? Like, yeah. Really? Oh, my God, that's dull. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. You know, so, yeah, I'm okay. You, we, you know, it's like, it's it's just, it's, it's you know, you just condition, you, you, you know, I've conditioned myself to live with a drug addiction so I can condition myself to believe I'm okay if there is no, you know, I, I, I kind of higher power is still a tricky one for me because right. I, you know, because I just assign it to a Jesus or whatever, you know, because I never believe in God. I believe in Jesus. That was my weird thing with religion, oh. you know, that if, yeah, like even, you know, so I, whatever, for whatever reason, I was never, I never believed in God. I believed in him, you know, that he was the son of something, you know, but I never knew his dad. I knew him. Yeah. See, that was the hard thing for me in the Christian church was that that never really made sense to me. The, the Trinity in general never made sense to me, but now that I'm like, you know, know. now that I'm yeah. older, I guess the Holy spirit part does make a certain amount of sense to me. I, I think I could get behind something like that. And right. Um, right. You know, like the, the idea of God as love or that, that some sort of positive energy is what we need to aspire to that I can get behind. Right. I just don't know right. Because we want to label everything and, and we want to compartmentalize everything, and I'm especially bad about the compartmentalization part, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. I don't know what to call that, you know? Like, I know. Yeah, I don't either. It's like, I, I don't can't know call I mean, it. We, I know. We, we only have five senses, you know, and we can barely see most of the colors and the, the, and with the frequencies. We can only hear very limited. We're only, our brain is only taking in very limited information. So we don't even know what's around us, really. I mean, if there was some kind of super microscope, you'd be astounded with what colors and prisms and all that are, are around us and, you know, yeah. spirits and whatnot. I don't know, you know, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, as a kid, I used to, uh, you know, lay in the front yard and look at the sky and just freak the fuck out. Like, yeah. what's up? There? And then beyond that is what? Yep. And then there's more darkness. Yeah. Wait, then darkness beyond upon darkness. Yeah. For, wait for forever. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And then I'd run inside the house and be like, all right, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Except I would, yeah. Then I'd lay up all night freaking out about it. Right. Right. Crying. <laughs> yeah. Whimpering in your pillow. God Almighty. Oh, that's what great. The man. Fuck? Oh, yeah. um, you've given me more than I could have asked for, but we always end <laughs> on. Um, what you're getting down on. So like, what are you, what art are you consuming right now? Music or books or I don't know. Oh man. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, yesterday I was putting together some kind of table listening to, I don't know, nothing new really. Uh, uh, nothing new, but I read this great book called say nothing about the IRA, about this murder gene McConville went missing and, uh, true mm. story. So 
it was a it was a great read. Awesome. I don't remember the author because I'm a Kindle, but uh, say nothing. Fantastic. It's cool. like a mystery within the historical uh, the historical backdrop of the IRA. Those are the best. You know, just yeah, amazing. You know? Really, yeah. And he would kind of go. He would something would happen, and then he'd you know it would be like Faulkner, and then just disappear, and then you'd be wait, wait, oh, dude, you didn't even finish what happened. Like you know, yeah. But it's great. It's fascinating. Uh, and that's it. Uh, and then I saw. What did we? I just kind of we watch movies every night. What did we watch? Uh, 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 well, we saw the Richard. Uh, what's the Richard Jewell movie? We watched. Uh, oh, oh, it's a really yeah. good movie called Not Knives Out with uh, Daniel Craig. Oh, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, Ozarks is awesome. Ozarks is fantastic. Uh, do you watch Ozarks at all? I haven't watched Ozark? it. No. Oh, it's good. Okay, I'll check it out. Chris yeah, watched it yeah. and she never really got into it. And so it's like, Oh yeah. Right now we're, we finally have time to watch things together. So I'm like really prioritizing watching things that, you know, she hasn't seen or I haven't seen or yeah. things we can, yeah, you know, know what I'm saying? Like things we can share. Yeah. I know so. that's a trade off. Heather likes to watch comedy. I just, you know, it's just, it's just very tough to find good comedy, but knives out is kind of a whodunit and it's kind of lighthearted, but it's really fun and great. Uh, Peaky Blinders is also amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's it. I guess that's it. Not, not much music really going on. My my daughter kind of has the monopoly on the Google system. Just You know, it's always just a bunch of stuff I don't understand. And Heather will be like, did you hear what they just said? They just said tits and ass. And I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't hear it. I don't know. You're like, <laughs> Wouldn't I don't know anything care. about that. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Yeah, just leave me alone. Um, I don't comedy. Like, I, you know, it's just. Sorry. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? No, that's on the. I see that on the thing. Is it great? It's great. Oh, good. Okay, then yeah. that's tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's dark, I, dark it. comedy, but it's. You know, the, awesome. the the cover looks just so weird. Like it looks like whimsical Hitler spoof or something. Like I'm like, what is this? Yeah, you're not far off, but it's uh, it's worth your time, man. I I'll be surprised if you don't think it's great. Okay, yeah, no, we keep because the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes are like ninety six, so I'm like, wow. So yeah, it's really hilarious and highly recommend. It's like, it, the way I think of it, like visually, it seemed to me like uh, Wes Anderson meets the Coen Brothers. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So and it's hilarious and well acted and you know, it's just yeah, great. good. We'll we'll do it tonight. Cool. For sure. That's on the yeah. Dude, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope we get to meet. Oh, can I tell you one funny story? Before, if, but I was in Orlando. You made me think of Orlando. And yeah. so I was opening for Jars of Clay. <laughs> and this is 1990-whatever. Uh-huh. And, and there was a band before. We were touring together. But there was a band open that played before me, which turned out to be Matchbox 20. But oh, wow. after the show... Cause like I had a lot of like religious illusions in the lyrics and stuff. And, and, uh, and then, so after the show in Orlando, a guy came out and said, um, he's like, Hey, I saw you play. I was like, oh, and I said something like, Oh yeah. What'd you think? And he's like, I'm not sure. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're not sure. And he's like, well, that all depends. And I said, or I said, do you like it? And he goes, well, that all depends. I said, what's that depend on? And he said, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I said, well, it's personal. Like, why? Wh- that's going to depend on whether you like the show or what the songs I wrote. And he was like, well, that, that means everything. And I just, I always remember that. It was wow. a very odd thing in Orlando. Odd moments in Orlando. Oh, but yeah, got, that was a... Uh... We got plenty of them. 
<laughs> they're everywhere come on back buddy <laughs> please come back <laughs> so we, and then we'll okay. play your beautiful songs and sit down with me face to face and do this again uh, that would be awesome when all this is over <laughs> that'd be great Oh, I really, I had a great time talking to you, man. Good. I'm so glad. Dude, this is a blast. Take care. Yep. Talk to you later. All right. Good luck. Bye. Michael McDermott, y'all. What a pleasure. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you all for listening. You can find all things Michael McDermott at michael-mcdermott.com. Check out his new record, What in the World, which is out on June 5th, 2020. God, it felt so good to just talk sports for a while, to just kind of bullshit and chop it up. And this conversation, this whole conversation was so much fun. I can't wait to have the opportunity to catch up with Michael again uh, in the near future hopefully whenever he gets to Florida and I want to see those songs live this record what in the world is just outstanding Uh, check it out the single what in the world is already out and when the when the whole record comes out get listen get yourself a copy it's truly truly wonderful head over to marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade follow the marinade on Instagram Twitter and Facebook If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to our Patreon-exclusive content like the show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. We also release special episodes of The Marinade and just kind of interact more deeply with the show. If you don't want that kind of commitment, we have a virtual tip jar at The Marinade on Venmo. This is all DIY and all proceeds from either of those go straight back into creating content for the show. And if neither of those is an option, especially right now, I totally get it. Just tell a friend about the show. That's a free way to help us out. Give us a rating on your podcast app and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on. This segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. I've got two shows to really recommend. Um, one still coming out and that's devs, uh, or one that's relatively new, I should say not still coming out, but one, one, uh, contemporary one. And then one that's been out for a little while on becoming a God in central Florida. Uh, devs is, um, if you're not familiar, it's, it's uh, science fiction, um, kind of Westworld feeling questions about consciousness and time. And, um, it stars Nick Offerman in a, in a, in a as a really eccentric, a scientist type fellow and uh it's just wonderfully written and uh wonderfully acted and just it's just a cool cool vibe to the whole show and the other show that really has my attention right now i'm not done i think i'm six episodes in. it's on becoming a god on becoming a god in central florida it starts stars kirsten dunce who um is just absolutely outstanding in it I first heard about this show because I was reading an article. It was back in October, and I was headed to Swanee for um, Swanee Roots Revival. 
and uh, I'd rented a car. And so, and they, they, it was a clusterfuck at the car rental place and they just messed everything up and I uh, had to wait like an hour. Um, it was in the height of my marathon training and I'd, I'd run there. Uh, it's a real vivid memory for all those reasons. Um, and <laughs> I, I was just reading an article that was written by Kristen Arnett, who um, wrote a book called Mostly Dead Things that I mentioned several times on the show that I absolutely loved. That was set in Central Florida, and she was talking about On Becoming a God in Central Florida. This piece was in the New York Times, and another show that escapes, the title of which escapes me at the moment. But when I read it, I thought, okay, I got to check this out. It's, it's basically set in Central Florida in the early 90s, which is fascinating to to think about now, especially in the context of my conversation with Michael, because you got to remember Michael signed that record deal in 1990 and, uh, his first record came out, I believe in 91. So he's a real young man. It's, it's the nineties. At that time I would have been about, I would have turned 11 in 91. And, uh, and this show is set about the same time at that time in central Florida, all over the country, but it, it was huge in central Florida. Uh, folks were falling into these pyramid schemes. Amway, the most famous one, uh, of course. And the show is about uh, a pyramid scheme called FAM. What's interesting about... I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are interesting about it for me, especially in that context. But, like, I'm thinking about... As I'm watching it, I'm thinking about the way people were behaving at that time. And the way that they were uh, falling for certain things, the way that they were um, believing in the power of sort of some of these ideals like hard work and um, the ideal of community. And and as you watch the show, you're, you're watching it and thinking like, of course, especially with the benefit of hindsight, you're thinking, what the fuck was wrong with these people? But there's an empathy that I feel for folks who are in that time, especially folks who were uh, were susceptible to a sales pitch like those pyramid schemes allowed. And it made me think then about, okay, what were they thinking? And what are the analogs in today's world that I'm going to look back 30 years from now? and go, what the fuck were we thinking? Especially for me, like, what am I going to to do and what am I doing and saying now that I'm going to look back 30 years from now and go, dude, why didn't you step up? Like, and the first thing that comes to mind, I harp on this a lot, but it's worth harping on, is we've watched this president and this regime do so many illegal and immoral things, and we haven't taken to the streets. The fact that he fired James Comey Regardless of what's coming out about Flynn or anything else, forget that. He fired the man who was investigating him for potential treason and collusion with a foreign power. And right after that, I want to say two months after that, maybe not even that long, he called white supremacists very fine people. And you know what we did? Fuck all. You know? Like... Why did we not take to the streets? That that right there, those two in a row should have been like, okay, this guy's got to resign. Like, maybe one of them in isolation, you, you would go, all right, well, maybe he just slipped up or maybe there's more to the story. But those two things back to back, right at the beginning of his presidency, and we did not take to the streets. Now, of course, since then, lots and lots of other stuff. Um, and we can't really take to the streets safely at the moment. So 
I, it just made me think about like, all right, well, what, what the hell was I doing? Well, I was bitching on Twitter, which I'm still doing. I was talking to my friends about it who have the exact same opinions as me or very similar ones. And what did I, what did I really do? You know, it makes me think of like the, the, the new Isabel stuff. And I'm really excited for Jason Isabel's record, which will come out. Um, some folks already have it in their hands, but the broader release will be this coming Friday and the themes that he tackles on it. Um, but like what, what really have I done and what should we do? And watching on becoming a God made me think like these folks had to have seen all these red flags and went, Oh, pump my brakes. I'm about to lose all my, lose all my assets. Uh, this clearly is not a successful business model for most people involved in it. This is clearly predatory. Let's get out of this. But in the moment they weren't thinking that way. Um, and so what, how do we gain that perspective? Um, and, and the parallels are just really interesting to me. Not that Michael McDermott was in a pyramid scheme necessarily, but just thinking about like as a young man in the nineties receiving all of this fame and then going through his career and making these great, great records, but, but falling into addiction and then wrestling out of addiction and recovery and, uh, all, all of like that, those things are all kind of running concurrent to each other, uh, which, which comes back to that question of timelines, which is why Devs has my attention as well. So all these things kind of feel as though they're they're interwoven to me at the moment, and um, it's an exciting time. You know, I, I, despite all the uncertainty around me, I, I'm very excited to to create, and I hope that if you're feeling good, that you're able to go do that. As I've been saying for a couple of months now, please, please, please don't put pressure on yourself to do anything right now. But if you are feeling great, go out and create something. If not, I love y'all. I appreciate every one of you who listens. Until next time, cheers, y'all.